Welcome to another episode of Hemp Barons. I'm Dan Humiston, and on today's show, Joy travels to Tennessee to speak to the driving force behind the state's hemp resurgence. This hemp baron is taking time from his driving hemp farming enterprise to lead the state as its newly elected president of the Tennessee chapter of the Hemp Industry Association. Let's join Joy's conversation with Frederick Cawthorn from Hemp Tens. Well, Fred, thank you so much for being with us on Hemp Barons today. Thank you, Joy. It's an honor to be here. You are hailing from the great state of Tennessee, a real leader in the emerging hemp industry here. And and in fact, I've had multiple leadership roles in the reemergence of the crop in Tennessee. So Fred, you've created this company, Hemp 10, with the experience and the inspiration and the many, many relationships that you've developed. Tell us what Hemp 10 is doing. What is the Hemp 10 business? So the Hemp 10 business is a vertically integrated company. We're focused on creating great products, advancing the understanding and knowledge of the hemp plant, and creating technology in this space. And boy, do you do that in spades, the outreach effort. And frankly, the amount of production that you're doing this year is just so impressive. And Tennessee is so lucky to have you as part of that growing industry, really taking the lead. Clearly, you have a vision and an understanding of what this plant can do, the promise and potential of all of the industries that hemp serves and the people, all of the people that it serves. What brought you to hemp? So really, to even start that discussion, I have to kind of start with my background. So for 20 years, I've been exposed and leading national and international efforts in the product and program management realm, focused on defining strategy, execution, and leading go-to-market strategy efforts for various consumer products. About six years ago, well, even before then, my mom is living with dementia, Mm. just watching and being frustrated as a family not fully uneven standing the disease, how to support her, because you really don't have a lot of groups or networks to be involved with. So six years ago, I was fortunate enough to watch Sanjay Gupta and the Stanley brothers talking about a new strain that was happening in Charlotte and with her epilepsy. And I'm sitting there literally that night saying, Lord, if that can help Charlotte, why can't this plant helped my mother because it's all brain related. And so from that point on, I started first just going online, finding whatever information I could find. Fast forward three years later, after being deeper off into the industry as far as making connections, I was made aware of the Tennessee Hemp Industry Association. Once I walked in the door, it was like literally off and running, volunteering, participating, just whatever I could do to not only, I don't call it a movement, this is a ministry. How can we move the ministry? And so Mm. with that said, by 2017, I already saw the opportunity and how the expansion was going to be in 2019. That's when I put pen to pad, started developing out the business plan, pulling in the awesome team that we have, most are locally, but also have some guys that relocated from Colorado. Everyone has some level of type of industry experience. I'm the only one that's kind of the oddball, just coming from the product realm. However, I spent last year's season 
going with a good friend of mine, Jim Douglas with Sticky Tomato, on the ground, getting my hands dirty just so I could be in a position this year for us to pull everyone together, guys relocate, and let's hit our action plan this year. So we're in our first growth season in the midst of harvest right now. Everything is looking well. For a startup company, we did take on what some would probably feel was a large amount of acres. We grew 87 acres this year. And did you grow for extract hemp or did you grow for fiber or seed or a combination? Great question. We are growing for CBD and smokable flowers. So for extraction, we have biomass. And then we also will be distributing smokable flour and pre-rolls. And how many people are working for you right now? Do you have a farm manager or are you the farm manager? For that 87 acres, we have 37 employees and all. Wow. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I consider this a pilot year. I know most people would consider a 5, 10, 15 acre pilot. But for us to be able to understand what it meant to scale, we had to create a large enough footprint that we could see a lot of variations, having over 140,000 plants in the field to see the different varieties, which we went with seedlings versus clones. So just with that type of path, you're going to see a lot more variation. Plus, it allows us to bring in this first-year team, and we overstaffed it from a workforce standpoint, to, one, be able to have boots on the ground, nail down our processes, but then be able to identify that core team that we can then build with next year. It's like training camp and football. You pull in a whole bunch of people and then you pick out the team that you want to roll with for the next season. A, a luxury to be able to do that. And I'm sure that it's never easy to get funding, and but a luxury to be able to do that because it's such a wise way to sort of call through or weed them out, no pun intended. And 87 acres, you have a PhD practically in hemp after growing that many acres with the different varieties and with that huge of a labor force. So are you harvesting like crazy right now? We are harvesting like crazy right now. We had six strains this year. And so it's a staggered grow. And then even two of our varieties are late season varieties. So we will be harvesting through end of October, 1st of November. Man, and do you have contracts yet for your beautiful goods or you're going to be looking for those or already actively looking for those? So we do have a contract for a majority of the biomass. Plus, we're looking for other opportunities if the price point is better, we'll definitely talk to you. So definitely hit us up. Also in conversations right now with a couple of vendors on selling in our smokable flour pre-rolls. And then we are mid-November launching an e-commerce site. We're in the process of actually rebranding the company. We're coming out with a new brand called Verge Agritech. It's V-E-R-G-E. A-G-R-I-T-E-C-H. Because we kind of looked at the marketplace and was saying, literally, we learned out the gate. The marketplace we're playing in is a little bit bigger than Hemp 10. So we're rebranding that, plus coming out with a whole new product line that will include our product, plus some other products that we'll be branding on the site. 
You're pretty blessed in that in Tennessee, there is a green light for smokable hemp flower. It's not that case in every state. So really, Tennessee Department of Ag and the legislature, they're giving farmers some real cover. They're opening up that market for them and allowing some revenue to be generated. And of course, tell us a little bit about why people might prefer smokable flour over cigarettes or marijuana. Well, first, you got the carcinogen that you don't have the same levels that you have in cigarettes. And then there's the calming effect that you are getting the benefits of having CBD versus the what I'll call garbage that you find in cigarettes for sure. And it's just a much cleaner product. Did you buy machinery to do these pre-rolls or are folks doing them by hand? How is that working? So we are buying a pre-roll machine to do the work for us, yeah. <laughs> we may come out with a hand roll line. That would be a premium line, but out the gate, we're using machines. You have also done some work with the researchers there. Am I correct with a particular university in Tennessee or another research institution? You know, it takes a village to start a company. Not only a shout-out to our awesome investors who have created the space for us to go out and create value in this new industry. But we also have a partnership with Lane College, which is a local HBC college in Jackson, Tennessee. Our company is headquartered in Nashville. However, operations are in Humboldt and Jackson, Tennessee. The reason I went west is I'm originally from Jackson, and wanted to be able to bring something back to my community and help bring jobs to where my family was originally from. One of the colleges that were available for Blacks, minorities to attend was Lane College. And one of my aunts is alumni from Lane. And so we were connected with them early on. They not only wanted to work with us on research activity, but bringing in 30 H-2A workers to be able to support the farm, I was needing a place to house my workers, and Lane stepped up to the plate and offered uh, facilities that were not in use for us to house our workers. So it's been over-the-top opportunity to partner with the college. Now, that just gave me goosebumps. That's agricultural revolution and permaculture, that's social and political and economic permaculture. So your workers then, as part of this project, which is a shared responsibility between the stakeholders, the researchers, the regulators, and the lawmakers as we deliver the reemergence again of this promising crop, they are housing your workers at Lane College. That was out the gate. We've now been able to take over an entire apartment complex. So we just recently moved our workers into the apartment complex, but still have that active relationship with the school. The apartment complex just gave us a long-term opportunity to scale up workers if needed and as needed versus having to expend additional resources from the school. Wow, the relationships that you are developing and the dots that you're connecting. We are so lucky to have you in the movement here. So as you know, Fred, I'm the president of the National Hemp Industries Association founded in 1994. 
truly the nation's premier hemp trade association, having also sued the DEA four times, arguably won three and a half times, and the nation's brain trust for hemp. You have recently become the president of the Tennessee chapter of the Hemp Industries Association. Is that correct? That is correct. I officially take over November 1st. It goes without say that we would not be where we are without the leadership of Joe Kirkpatrick, who has done an excellent job building out the base and establishing a market here in Tennessee. It's also worth noting that the Tennessee chapter was started by our very own Colleen Kihi Lanier, the executive director of the HIA. Our MVP. Yeah, they're exactly. Well, it all started here in Tennessee. <laughs> I love it. I love her. And also my vice president, which is Clint Palmer, he and Colleen were the first two members who partnered together to actually establish the Tennessee Hemp Industry Association. We have a lot of great thought leaders in this state. You most certainly do. And I remember Ground Zero when that happened because I had met Colleen at a Hemp Industries Association annual conference, and we're about to have our 26th annual Hemp Industries Association conference in Charlotte, North Carolina this year. But I met her at one in Washington, D.C., she took the HIA by storm, and we had her at the Capitol the very next day, talking with her legislators and making moves there. And then I was able to meet Clint at a hempcrete workshop taking place in Berthard, Colorado, in, I believe, 2014, the fall of 2014, and Colleen was there also. And there was much talk at that time about starting the Tennessee chapter of the HIA. And they really did an amazing job getting that going. And it's actually one of the most active chapters that we have. My understanding is that your monthly meetings sometimes run three hours. They have over 100 people. Is that correct? That is correct. And we get as high as 300 people. I mean, brother, you are chopping the wood and carrying the water and continuing on that vision and that work in such a huge way. And now it's just exponential. So there weren't so many licensed farmers and so much activity. And certainly the 2018 Farm Bill hadn't passed originally when the chapter was formed. So there was all of that work to establish it, to get it together. Joe Kirkpatrick then comes in and Clint stays, of course. Colleen then moves on to national leadership and gets married. Joe continues to connect those dots, put farmers in touch with manufacturers and the education events and outreaches just tremendously impressive. And again with Clint and also Cody Seals. And I consider, by the way, Clint Palmer and Cody Seals of Tennessee to be really our nation's foremost leaders in integrated pest management and the understanding of pests specific to the hemp crop. So, so much valuable information there. Absolutely thrilled that you now are taking the reins. They're being passed on to you to drive us into the sunshine. And and now the pressure's really on because now, boom, we're an agricultural commodity. And once we can finally get the USDA to finalize some regulations here and the state of Tennessee submits its new plan, next year will be a whole nother situation. We'll be out of agricultural research pilot programs and into agricultural commodities with federal crop insurance. What are you thinking about for next year, Fred? We're actually already in the midst of planning. We're very closely tight-knitched in and working to progressively move the state by working with 
Tennessee Department of Agriculture, our state legislators, and also I have to mention the Tennessee Growers Coalition because Joe is not going anywhere. He will be leading the political action committee, the PAC that we have here in the state, which is the Tennessee Growers Coalition. And so we've had our first hemp task force at the state legislative plaza this past Tuesday, where we're already meeting with the representatives to define, one, what are the items that we already have on the table that we want to pursue, such as in 2020, we want to have a drug testing protection for hemp and CBD products that would prevent employers from just outright firing someone because there was THC in their analysis. Also, working with the TBI, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, they're coming out with an ISO certified test kit that will be available that can distinguish between what levels of THC that you have. So one of the opportunities for the 2020 session is to actually define what is the limit that we're considering legal within those tests. We're also pursuing 1% on the THC level in the state this coming year. That's just a few items on the legislative side. As far as the community and all our stakeholders, number one, we want to make sure that we're empowering, activating, and expanding on our base. We've done a great job with bringing in farmers, and we have a few processors, ancillarial services, and then retail, but we really want to bring more of those entities into the fold, having more financial people, not only membership, but tap into those communities for advisors, the legal community, having those tight professions, disciplines, a part of our trade organization. Then on the education side, we want to be able to put in place additional sub-chapters within the state. Right now, we'll have 300 people that will come monthly from across the state to Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm a Southern boy raised in the church. And I know from a church perspective, people feed and eat locally. And then there's the state organization. So we want to expand the footprint that we have across the state. I say we have 300 coming on a Friday to Nashville. We could have 15 to 1,800 if we had satellite sites across the state where people can get that same level of information. Plus, that's a part of empowering our base. Absolutely, Fred. And I'm the founding president of both the Washington and the New York chapters of the HIA. And so we use Zoom. So that we can, A, people can join remotely from across the huge state of New York. I live in New York now and so started that chapter. And we do move our monthly meetings around so that we can have an opportunity to be in in the physical space, obviously developing those relationships and nurturing those relationships on the local level, as you so articulately described it for folks, is so important. Those are definitely ways. And subchapters are, of course, another way to do that when you have so much membership The Tennessee chapter is far more established than New York. So you've got all these members and could actually move into that regional sort of sub chapter, whereas we as a board move our physical bodies around so that we can physically be in different locations and for different educational events. I love that that's your thinking and that that's what you want to do and the vision for the chapter. You certainly have the membership to implement that as soon as harvest season's over, as it were, brother. And 
I also just wanted to mention to the listeners, to get a movement going, which is why Joe is doing the growers organization, we need both 501c6 trade associations. These are categorizations within the Internal Revenue Service for the Department of the Treasury. So the Hemp Industries Association and its chapters are 501c6 trade associations, but advocacy organizations are 501c4. And because they have different roles, different limitations and restrictions and permissions, so they can focus almost entirely on advocacy and lobbying and so on and so forth, whereas a 501c6 trade association has limitations in terms of how much lobbying it can do, and it certainly cannot endorse a candidate and so on and so forth. So the 501c6s and 501c4s work together. So that's happening on state levels as it is in Tennessee. It happens on the national level for years, vote hemp was the HIA's advocacy partner. And then within the last year and a half or so, we now have the U.S. Hemp Roundtable at hempsupporter.org as our advocacy partner. And I also want to make sure the listeners know that we need you to join this growing group. We serve over 1,800 members nationally. Obviously, hundreds of them are coming from the great state of Tennessee under that tremendous leadership. And all you need to do is go to joinhemp.org to join the Hemp Industries Association. So tell me also, how about the vision for the company next year? Is there anything you can share? I hear you're going through a rebrand and you're, you're a brilliant guy, so you may not be able to share everything you're thinking, but any changes for next year for Hemp 10? So there are quite a few deals that we're looking at and talking through with uh, various potential partners watch this space. But as far as what I can share, we do plan on scaling from that 80 acres, uh, approximately 300 acres next year. Also, a big focus for us will be how to scale without losing the quality of the product. And so we want to be able to be a commercial size grow, but still have the attention, the detail that you would see in a 15 acre grow. Also, we will be expanding into the indoor grow, not only for flower, but um, what we see forthcoming in the next three years is the fiber market really taking hold. And so some of that research that we're really wanting to spend capital on is related to how do we get the right genetics in place, not only for flower, but definitely for fiber because most of our genetics right now are primarily coming from the West Coast, which is a totally different climate, altitude, all of those variables are different. A lot of our research dollars initially will be focused on how do we create plants that can withstand the different type of pests, humidity, et cetera, that we encounter in our region. Absolutely. That's the real work that is being done here. So, so important. Well, Fred, as always, it is a huge pleasure to talk to you. I learn something new, several things new every time I do speak with you. And I know you have a huge message and a huge knowledge base. Is there anything that you would like the listeners to know before we part today? I would just like to say thank you for having our company on the show today. That's Hemp 10 LLC, and we will be launching our new website under Verge Agritech, S-V-E-R-G-E-A-G-R-I-T-E-C.com. Thank you. 
We are going to be watching Hemp 10. We are absolutely going to be watching Verge Agritech. And I can't wait till our next encounter, Fred. Thank you for everything you do for hemp every day, brother. No, thank you for the decades of service to the industry. We would not be here without you, Joy. Takes an army. And thank you again, brother. We'll see you soon in Tennessee. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're canna-curious or running a cannabis, Infused has canna conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects Network. Network.